everyone, and welcome to the Modern Cotton Story, sponsored by E3 Sustainable Cotton. I'm Jennifer Crumpler, Fiber Development Manager and Manager of our E3 Sustainable Cotton Program from BASF. I'll be your host today um, for the program, and I'm really excited about our program today because it's the fourth in a series of podcasts we call The Women of Cotton at BASF where we introduce women working in various roles at BASF who support our cotton business and overall agricultural business. We've learned um, from the first episode in the series, it really takes a lot of people and support and moving parts to bring the most sustainable cotton seed and products to the market. I'm really excited um, to introduce our guest, Odessa Hines, today. She is the external affairs manager for BASF Ag Solutions. Um, and I'm also joined today by my good friend, industry consultant, Bob Anishak. So, Bob, how are you doing today? Jennifer, I'm doing very well, thank you. Hope you are as well. I am. I'm doing great. I think um, just so our listeners know, we're recording this in the morning, so all three of us are on different time zones and we all had to make sure we got up early to uh, have our cup of coffee. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get through and be clear (laughs) for everyone. So, um, and Odessa, so great to have you on um, and working and being on with um, Bob and I today. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jennifer. Thanks so much for asking. I hope you are too. And I did go ahead and have that coffee nice and early. So I'm ready. (laughs) Good deal. Good deal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, and so our listeners know, and I actually, Odessa has kind of served in a mentor state for me. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. So when we came to BASF a little over two years ago, I got to know um, Odessa and I can't thank her enough for what she does. And I'm really excited for um, you know her being on the episode and for all of our audience and listeners to get to know Odessa. She's normally behind the scenes helping, so glad to have her um, out front today. And, you know, Odessa, I know you've had an accomplished career in media and public relations and um, for cotton and agriculture in general, but I just didn't know if you would mind sharing some of your background with our audience. Um, I know mm-hmm. you're originally from New York, so really, how'd you kind of find your way into agriculture? Yeah, and thanks again, Jennifer, for this opportunity. Like you said, I'm so used to staying behind the scenes, and when you asked me to come on, I thought, you know, what a neat opportunity to have listeners learn a little bit about PR and my role with BASF, and we eat three sustainable cotton. So thank you again for this opportunity. So yes, you are absolutely right. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, to be specific. Um, So definitely I'm a professed city girl. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, finding its way, my way into agriculture is um, an interesting story. When it was time for me to go to college, I decided I wanted to leave New York, um, wanted to see somewhere outside of the big city. And I headed south to North Carolina. Um, And I just really fell in love with the people and the state of North Carolina. And so after college, um, I decided to stick around and uh, in North Carolina. And then I ended up meeting a very wonderful Southern gentleman who ended up becoming my (laughs) husband. So that is really true. They are, there's such a thing as a Southern gentleman for sure. (laughs) 
there are. I will say that. Yes, I have one myself. There you go. And so I met him, and we decided to make North Carolina our home. And I started out my career. I've been in public relations for you know nearly twenty years now. So I've always been in public relations and communications. And most of my experience had been in higher education. I did PR for a lot of the local colleges and universities. Um, and then midway through, I just said to myself, you know, I'm I'm ready for a change. I love PR and I love communications, but I wanted to look at other industries. Um, and there was an opportunity at the time for a BASF communications uh, manager. And I thought, okay, I don't know a lot about agriculture, right? But this sounds like a neat opportunity. And so, you know, I applied for the position and I got it. And that's how I got into agriculture. I think um, working in ag has been um, one of the best career decisions, honestly, that I've ever made. It's been such an interesting industry to learn, um, wonderful people, wonderful customers, and getting to know our farmers and what they do. And I remember when I first started in ag, I had um, gone to a conference. It was an ag media show. And I met a reporter and he said, I promise you, Odessa, that I'm going to see you a year from now. And you're going to tell me that you love ag. And you, it was the <laughs> best thing ever. And sure enough, he was right. It, I did actually end up seeing him a year later at the same, you know, conference. And he said, do you love Agadessa? And I said, I love it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's how I got into this industry. Odessa, that's really terrific. That's a great story. And it's yeah, so Bob, I think you and uh, Odessa have in common because you're former I am Northern a, Yankee yourself. I am a Yankee. You? Yeah, I, I grew up in the... Uh, don't hold it against me, Odessa, but I grew up in uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I still like you, Bob. Yeah. It's okay. You know, okay. Thank you. You're very kind. You're very kind. And uh, But it's interesting where we all end up. And now I live in the South as well, mm -hmm. in Nashville. So, um, and, and I'd run all around the Southeast. So it's really been, uh, also, I've enjoyed it a great deal. And also met my wife in the South. There actually, you go. Wife, in Washington D.C., which back then, then back then was considered the South. So. <laughs> That's so true. So, anyway, but uh, uh, I have a couple questions uh, for you, mm -hmm. and one is is just how is it as a woman to work at BSF, and secondly, then to build on that is is what's been your biggest learning curve in agriculture? Yeah, and and then also any specific challenges with regard to cotton. Yeah, that's a great question, Bob. So I have worked for BASF for nearly uh, five years now. And to be quite honest, it's been a wonderful experience. Like I said, being in ag has been amazing. You know, as a woman, it's definitely a male-dominated industry, that's for sure. But as a woman, I think, um, you know, I bring a lot of value um, to the industry and to BASF. And I feel like all the thoughts and contributions that I've made in my five years have mattered. Um, and I've been recognized, you know, as a respected member of my team and a respected member of the company. So for that, um, I'm truly grateful for. I've had a lot of opportunities to advance within the company, to develop, and now to lead a team of my own. Um, so that's been been, um, a terrific opportunity. And then I think the thing that I've enjoyed much is something that Jennifer touched on a little earlier. You know, she said she uh, sees me as a mentor, which I didn't know. So thank you, Jennifer. Uh, 
hour. But the opportunity to mentor other women, um, I think, has been tremendous. And it's been so gratifying. So I do thank BASF for affording me those opportunities. It's been a great experience. Um, and then in terms of learning curves, yeah, it, it was pretty steep <laughs> when I first came to BASF. Yes, uh, for sure. I think the biggest learning curve has been all the terminology. I was like, what on earth is a cover crop? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and then you get all these technical terms like breeding and gene editing, you know, and no-till. And then with cotton, I remember Jennifer would be sending these emails and copying me to other people. And she'd be like, and this has a permanent bail ID. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and then these varieties <laughs> and the numbers behind all the varieties, the cotton seed, and they actually mean something. And so I think learning all the technology um, and the terms have really been um, the biggest learning curve. But I will definitely say, Bob, there are amazing people at BASF that are willing to help. They are super smart and they've been in this industry for years, like Jennifer, and they bring so much knowledge and expertise and passion to the job. There were so many people that were eager to help answer my questions. Nothing was a dumb question. You know, I could ask and feel safe and that I would get an answer and help. So I think that piece has been made my job so much easier. And it's the one piece that, um, that I truly appreciate and I'm, I'm grateful for. Yeah. And, and thanks for that, Odessa. And, you know, many of our listeners, um, I think, you know, the different people and guests we've had on the episode of everything that it takes to go into bringing cottonseed or, or just agriculture in general, I think it's so unique to see the diversity there. And many of our listeners, you know, they have some understanding of PR mm -hmm. and media communications and stuff, you know, in the business world. And I, I think I would argue that um, for the ag industry and, you know, cotton, it can be a little bit even more tricky to ensure proper messaging mm -hmm. um, and that the truth is reported and that science and data is reported um, and, you know, kind of dispel some of the myths and things that are out there. And, you know, along those lines, you know, it'd be interesting to hear from you about, you know, what it does take to develop that coherent PR strategy, um, you know, agriculture, like you said, you know, it's hard to understand for those outside of the industry. Um, so, you know, really developing that strategy and, you know, how do you find it dealing with media, those not specific um, or integrated daily in ag when discussing BASF, mm -hmm. um, which we all, we both know can be a little bit tricky because, you know, BASF has a lot of different divisions, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a materials division mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And so, you know, it's just so much strategy that goes into that. So I'd just love to, you know, kind of hear, um, you know, what it really takes developing that, if that, you know, mess. Yeah, Jennifer, it, it definitely a lot goes into it. It's not as easy as I think some people assume, um, you know, a, a PR strategy, first of all, um, not only has to be coherent, but you want it to be effective, right? You want it to, to meet the goals that you have for building awareness or to make people understand something. And it really is about having a very clear objective. You've got tactics. And then most importantly, it's your target audience. You have to know who you're talking to. I think often, you know, we make the mistake of targeting everyone with the same tactics. Well, that's not going to work. Um, just because it worked for in one instance, in one group, doesn't mean it's going to work for something else or another audience. So for sure, you have to know who you're talking to, which is really critical with agriculture, particularly when we're talking to a non-ag uh, non audience, right? Like I just said, there are so many terms and, and things to learn when you're talking to a non 
uh, non-ag audience, you absolutely have to know who you're talking to and how you want to present um, what you are trying to promote um, so that they, they understand and you increase that awareness. Um, I think when it comes to communicating with audiences outside of ag, you know, like I said, you have to be careful not to make assumptions. Um, don't assume um, everyone has bad intent. I think generally people want to learn more about our industry and we have to serve that information in a way that's easy to understand. Um, and they're able to make the connection between what farmers do every day and how that impacts them on a, on a daily basis. I think generally um, consumers, they want to know where their food and fiber comes from, you know, and they want to know the truth. Um, you know, and we need to not only provide honest answers, we need to ensure that um, our consumers and the general public hear it, not only from BASF, but from the source, which are farmers, right? They need to hear it directly from them. I think in PR, people assume that, you know, of course, the companies, what they're going to put out, you know, is going to be PR. We expect the company to say something positive. But when they also hear that same information from the farmers, um, you know, it makes it even more powerful, right? Um, and I think to your point about the multiple divisions of, of BASF and, and how that can, you know, be really tricky and confusing, I think that's absolutely right. I think there's awareness of BASF, but there are people who still think we only make cassette tapes from back in the 80s, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't seen a cassette yes. tape in years, but that's they think what we do. Um, but we're such a diverse company, right? And, and, and the division we're in is focused on agriculture. So um, there might be a lot of people who have no idea that BAS had, um, BASF had an, an ag division. So um, I think that, um, you know, there definitely are some difficult reporters who do not make my job easy. <laughs> they're super aggressive <laughs> and they're not interested in a balanced story. But I will tell you by and large, particularly when I'm dealing with media outside of ag, um, they want the truth and they generally want to learn about our industry and they want to share that information, you know, with their readers. So I think it's critical for us to not only be honest and transparent, but you, you've got to be able to tell a great story. And I think that's the, the greatest piece of my job and the fun part of my job every day and getting to work on programs like Eat Through Sustainable Cotton is that I get to tell great stories and I get to meet amazing farmers who are doing incredible work and they have great stories to tell too. And I want to help them tell it. That's so, that's so terrific, Odessa. <laughs> that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of getting message out, uh, these days it seems like the the default go to place for so many mm -hmm. people for inf for information is the uh, internet, of mm -hmm. course. And and but the internet is loaded with a lot of opinion, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of disinformation, uh, some intentional walls, some unintentional walls to information. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's there's at times there's a very conflicted message floating around particularly with regard to cotton and agriculture in mm -hmm. general, how do you combat that? How do you deal with that? And, and because there's so much, uh, whether it's social media or just, you know, new other news reporting, I mean, there's a whole slew of things, as you know, on, on the web, of course, how do you kind of uh, get your message out, particularly an important message like sustainability, mm -hmm. which is, which is very important to BSF. How do you actually break through that? And, and get your message out. Yeah, you know, thanks for asking that question, Bob, because it's, it's not easy. It most certainly can be done. Um, and it's, it's what our work towards on a regular basis. 
Um, there are so many myths and misconceptions, you know, about ag that's out there. And I will tell you, to be honest, Bob, you know, I believed a lot of those myths um, and misconceptions before I started working in ag because I honestly just didn't know. Um, and I wasn't sure where to go for information. Um, and so I think the key to breaking through all of that and, and trying to get your message across is to be authentic. You know, you, you have to be genuine. You have to be yourself. You have to be transparent. People want the truth. They don't want fluff, which is what PR people are accused of doing all the time, right? Just <laughs> adding the fluff. You've got to Transparent. Go. <laughs> I can't do it. And then I think you have to utilize your own channels because you cannot control what the media puts out there, but you certainly can control, you know, what you put out there in terms of your own social media channels and your own websites. And so you really have to utilize those channels as well um, in order uh, to kind of get your message across. And we have an amazing story to tell in agriculture, especially when it comes to sustainability and programs like E3. And so when you have media that say, you know, I don't want to be bothered. I think the industry is, you know, corrupt. They're making things that hurt people and harm the environment. Um, I think we have to more than ever, particularly now, I feel like we have to tell our own stories um, and we have to uh, tell that story through our own channels and mediums. Um, and we have to be authentic and we have to be transparent and we have to be honest. You know, the general public, many are already kind of skeptical of our industry. So it is important to show up in a very honest and authentic way in order to get that message out. Yeah. And, you know, Dessa, I think um, you, you made a great point where you said, you know, before when you came into the industry, you had a lot of misconceptions and it's been great. Um, I think to have that opinion, a lot of times come into the industry and that diversity because it helps you know, those of us, you know, been in agriculture our whole career understand, okay, maybe we need to do things a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, I, I appreciate that and like that. Um, you know, when I run into that, I will say my husband was kind of the same way before mm -hmm. uh, when he and I got married and, you know, and it's always every day I say education, but it's so interesting for me because he's not in ag, he's in a completely mm -hmm. different area. Um, and he'll ask questions he's like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, that's not what mm -hmm. they say. And at the grocery store. And I, I just thought that was better. Mm -hmm. This is better. And I'm like, no, no, not really. Um, and so I know a lot of times when we're doing things for E3 and other stuff, um, we, uh, we deal with a huge mm -hmm. audience who is not, you know, does not understand cotton, doesn't understand agriculture, has misconceptions, whether it's, you know, about GMO mm -hmm. or organic versus non-organic and, you know, some of that misconception. So it's always a, learning and always fun for me to learn a proactive way of telling stories or, or telling the correct message. Um, and I'd be interested to know for you and, and I guess along mm -hmm. your career, what has been or what have you seen has been some of the biggest misconceptions about agriculture and the media and public in general that, um, you know, we've been addressing 
or you know that you you find yourself mm-hmm. still addressing yeah there's a lot for sure jennifer there there really are <laughs> there's so many myths and, and and misconceptions out there and just to your point since i've started working in ag you know my family members and friends will you know ask questions and like my sister would be like i go to the grocery store and i see you know the packaging with the you know there's no gmos in here you know you know should i worry about it and i was <laughs> yeah. like sis um there's no such thing as a non-gmo toothpaste <laughs> like toothpaste <laughs> right <laughs> I just oh, yeah or my favorite are the ones that are like you know made with non-gmo oranges or maybe this i'm like yeah there's no such thing as one exactly. so you know maybe we that's what we should do a, a campaign around you know hey let's let's get all the grocery stores required to have to put what yes. are gmos um in and there really wouldn't be but like two or three things in the whole store that possibly exactly would be jennifer <laughs> it's crazy the marketing is so slick so we have to combat that right even tenfold yeah i was i was done when i saw an ad for a non-gmo toothpaste i'm like this is crazy yeah, yeah it's going too far <laughs> but you're right i had to explain to my sister that there are very few seeds in agriculture that are actually GMO. And then I had to explain that, you know, GMOs are actually safe. The, the science shows they are safe and mm-hmm. they are so valuable in what farmers do every day when they're fighting against things like weather and drought and all these other challenges that mother nature turns um, at them. GMOs are, are integral in helping them grow, you know, a healthy crop. And so, you know, like I said, you know, to your point about that, there's so many misconceptions, you know, around GMOs that agriculture is polluting our environment. All pesticides are harmful to the people and the environment and, it, and it's killing us. You know, those are just a few. Um, yeah. You know, I hear it every day. We all see it. So the challenges that people like me have in agriculture are really tremendous. But, you know, I also think that's the beauty of what I do, because I really work day in and day out to help change that perception of our industry. Um, You know, I can't always change minds. Um, and that takes a whole lot of time, right? But I, I want to change perception. Yeah. I want to change, you know, when they walk into the store um, and they're trying to choose between organic or non, that really there isn't a huge difference and that they can still safely eat something that's not organic. Um, and organic cannot totally sustain all of us. Um, there are too many people to feed. Um, and so I think for me, yeah. it's really about changing those perceptions um, that people see about our industry. And again, I just can't emphasize enough. It goes back to ag really being honest and us being authentic, um, being transparent, you know, kind of giving a behind the scenes of how ag works um, and how our industry works. Um, you know, you did a great video mm-hmm. explaining to people and for the FFA Blue Room all about cotton and, and how it's grown and how it's processed um, and how we get to the gin and then to the supplier and then ultimately to be part of your, you know, your favorite t-shirt. Those are the kinds of things that we have to do. And most important in that is definitely giving a voice to the farmer, having the farmer be included in all of the great PR work that we do. Because again, when you hear it firsthand, um, it it becomes so authentic and so powerful. You know, I had um, about a year and a half ago, we hosted an event, I know you're familiar, Jennifer, called Dinner is Grown. And it brought together Mm -hmm. our farmers and social media influencers 
and non-ag media. So these people who are not, you know, dealing with ag in a day-to-day basis. And I remember we had one of our farmers and um, a reporter from a consumer magazine. And she said, you know what? I've never met a farmer in my life. This is the first time I'm sitting next to mm-hmm. one. And, you, you know, it was great to meet you. Yeah. I've never <laughs> met one, uh, you know, ever. And I think that's great. And, you know, the reporter said, you know, I write um, to an audience of parents, you know, is it safe for them to feed their children non-organic food? And the farmer said, I have children too. And the food that I grow, I feed to them every day. I would never, you know, feed something to other people's children that I wouldn't feed to my own. And it was such a powerful exchange. And that's the kind of authentic storytelling that we need to change those perceptions. Yeah, we held, um, and that's, you know, such a great event. I think BASF does a phenomenal job of, you know, bringing Mm -hmm. transparency to an industry, Um, you know, for the Dinner is Grown event. I think it's wonderful. We do, um, with Mm -hmm. our farm fashion event, you know, we held and we brought in the designers and we, um, and media and textile, we brought them, um, you know, down to Natchez, Mississippi, where they were able to see textile meal. We took them in the cotton fields and it was some of that same exchange. And we, um, I think we had six or eight growers from the local area that came to dinner and to see the growers mm-hmm. sitting at the table with the farmer who grew the cotton that they're, you know, making, mm-hmm. it's like you said, and, and I heard so many of those exchanges of, I've never, never met a farmer. I've never seen mm-hmm. cotton in the field. I've never done that. And I think it's, you know, those, that transparency. Um, and that's one of the things we work really hard, you know, especially with E3 is mm-hmm. to bring transparency to an industry that has, prided itself on not being transparent in the past. And because I think it's so important that pr- to be proactive in that, um, you know, and, and to continue to build that trust, you know, mm-hmm. that supply chain, bring everybody, the players um, to the table, whether it's farmers growing cotton or farmers growing sweet potatoes or farmers growing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, you know, just being proactive. That's right. In that Absolutely. Odessa, I'm back under the internet. Sorry. (laughs) But I've still got the internet. I've still got the internet. But again, because so much information is going through the internet, and uh, it's so rare to have opportunities in person, particularly these days, uh, you know, one-on-one, a lot of people are picking up their information through the web more than ever. Um, So do you find the internet as a tool that helps you to get your message out, or is it a Engines. Yeah, definitely for sure, Bob. There's positives and negatives to the internet. We we all know. Uh, you know, I spend a ton of time making sure that my 11 year old doesn't see things that are not not meant for 11 year old eyes mm. <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> and, and, there, and it's so much yeah. you can't even get to it all. It's it's tremendous. But in this day and age, you know, Bob, you have to conquer the internet. Um, it is the the main medium um, in order to get your message out. Um, And I think that you can definitely break through it. You know, you've got people who have become famous, uh, you know, for being a YouTube star or an Instagram star, right? For just being online, never leaving their home, just Mm -hmm. communicating, you know, through, you know, videos and photos. So you definitely um, can break through it. I think the key goes back to all the things that I've talked about around storytelling and being authentic and honest and transparent, you know, as Jennifer mentioned um things that e3 does as well and and then being able to 
Um, the internet can be your own channel in order to get through, right? Um, things like this podcast are, are amazing mediums to kind of break through um, the clutter that's on the internet. So I think when you have those ingredients, you can really make a compelling story and people will gravitate that to you, you know, when they notice that, yeah, you're being authentic, um, you know, you're showing us behind the scenes of what you do every day. You're, you're getting and connecting us to farmers, everyday people. Um, that will help you break through the noise. So definitely can be done. You have to utilize the internet. I don't think you have a choice. Um, but when you do it right, you can see tremendous success. Yeah, and that's wonderful. And um, Odessa, you know, if our, if our listeners, um, I know BASF has multiple social media channels and multiple other ways. Um, but if our listeners would like to connect or, you know, go through some of the information and um, kind of break through some of the clutter and see some of the things, what are the best ways for them to, you know, find information about BASF, um, you know, on social media channels or yeah, what are those ways? definitely. And there is a lot, you know, we've got, you know, the E3 Sustainable Cotton Facebook page, which is great. We've got an Instagram page. Even if you just Googled BASF in agriculture, you would get so many hits around our website, our social media um, pages, Twitter, at BASF Ag Products, for example. Um, you definitely can learn and uh, learn a lot. Um, I would start by just doing a simple um, Google search, like BASF and agriculture. Um, that would take you to um, a host of content. Um, and I'm on social media as well. I'm happy to answer questions. Like I said, the, the city girl turned ad girl for sure. Um, and, and I'm on Twitter, very active there and on LinkedIn. And you can just find me at Odessa Hines. Wonderful. Well, Bob, thanks for joining in Odessa. Thank thanks, you Jennifer. so much for joining us today. And um, I've really enjoyed the discussion and um, the episode that and, and all the information that we've shared today. So thank you both. Um, for coming on. And I'd also like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us and hope you enjoyed our show. So do you have any questions about the E3 Sustainable Cotton Program or would just like more information? Please email me at e3cotton at basf.com as well as follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at E3 Sustainable Cotton. Thanks so much and everyone until next time.